Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are heavy in this place right now, Lord God. Hallelujah. Come on, I need you to get on your feet if you're able to. This is not our normal Sunday. This is not the flow. We didn't just write God in. We're going to give him everything right now as if the next breath is not promised to us. Hallelujah. Come on, Lord, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Praise your name. God, you're worthy. If God is good, I need to hear some hallelujahs and amens in here. Amen. We're going to turn the lights back up, and we're going to get into the word. Come on now. Did anybody come hungry to hear what God has to say about your life, about the plans that he has for you and your family? Well, that's what we're going to get into today. Amen. I'm going to make a quick announcement. We have DCC Impact. That is this Saturday, this upcoming Saturday here at the church at 9.30 a.m. It is not too late to register. This is a free event, and it is a wonderful, challenging, fulfilling experience that allows you to walk through how you feel as a person how to interact with other people, other cultures, and how you can prepare yourself to be part of a change. Amen? If you have never experienced it, I encourage you to sign up. It's on our Facebook page, DCC Facebook page, and it is also on our oh, DCC website. Just click on the link. It opens up, and you just go ahead and sign up. Please give it up for Brother Tony Neal and Brother Randon Click. They are the organizers, facilitators of this event. Give it up for them. It is wonderful. I've been to two of them. Amen. All right. I need Pastor Mike's already on the stage. Stephanie, come back up, please. Come on down. I need Stephanie on the mic and Pastor Mike to stay on the mic. They didn't know it, but they're helping me with my message. Okay. All right, all right, okay. We're going to go ahead and jump right into um, the message for today, y'all. So I have two contestants. Pastor Mike is looking at me, y'all, right now. He is not happy. Praise God, though. But he, he is a willing vessel. <laughs> so Pastor Mike and Stephanie, you are the contestants on Virginia's Name 3 and it's free game. Y'all give it up for our contestants. And for those of you at home, thank you for tuning in to Name 3, and it's free. I am your host, Pastor Virginia Wilson, and these are your contestants, Pastor Mike Bobo and Stephanie Green. Thank you. Feel free to play along at home. How it works is they have 15 seconds to name as many things in a category that I say. They have to name three things, and then they can move on to the next category. Whoever gets the most category wins. Understand? Say yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. At home, you can go ahead and put your guesses in the comments. I won't be able to see them, but you're still encouraged to play. Do y'all understand? Okay. Go ahead and test your mic. Make sure y'all still on. Test, test, test. test. Yeah. You can turn his Pastor Mike talking a touch <laughs> bit soft for me, but okay. <laughs> we'll go head. with them. We'll go with them. All right. Who wants to go first? Okay. Pastor Mike, you're up first. That's what you get for looking down. <laughs> All right, I have my timer on, and it is set for 15 seconds. And y'all encourage them, help them, cheer for them, because this is supposed to be fun. Pastor Mike, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And name three pizza toppings. Pepperoni, sausage, and olives. My Lord, was that three? <laughs> Bacon, okay. olives. I said olives. Ice cream. Um, Rocky Road, uh, cookies Stop, and cream. Stop, time, 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 uh, time, sir. Wait, time, sir. I wasn't done yet. I know, sir, <laughs> but I said 15 seconds. So, um, Pastor Mike. It was per, you pa know. Okay, so now that we know how this works, <laughs> I'm going to let Pastor Mike try again. 
And y'all don't cheat. I heard some of y'all saying it out loud. And this poor pastor, he still didn't get the answers. But okay, we're going to try it again. I love you. What'd you do? I love you. Okay, so now that we get how it goes, Pastor Mike, here we go. And 15 seconds. Name three shapes. Circle, square, triangle. Types of cars. Uh, Toyota, Honda, Nissan. Three pizza toppings. Pepperoni, sausage, and onions. Ice cream flavors. Uh, yep. Uh, cookies and cream, time. chocolate, vanilla. Time. All right, let's give it up for him. He tried. Come on, second time around. I got him for four. Did he get through four? All right. Stephanie, are you ready? Yep. Here we go. And name three professional sports teams. Oh, Lord. Chiefs. Yep. Rams. Cardinals. Animals. Bear, tiger, lion. Fruit. Apple, strawberry, banana. Appliances. Um, refrigerator, uh, stove, and microwave. And, oh, sorry. Yeah, okay, it was. I cut her off. She got four. She got four. So we'll do one more. We go back to Pastor Mike. You ready? Yeah. And go. Name as many books in the Bible as you can in 15 seconds. Yes, Esther, Leviticus, Numbers, Romans, Esther. Uh, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Prophets, Ecclesiastes, Psalms of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Hezekiah, Zephaniah. Time. You speaking in tongues and trying to play it off like you, you better stop. Y'all see Pastor Mike, he said, I was like, Ezra. I felt the spirit. All right, all right, all right. We will try one more show. Okay, Stephanie, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Say as many letters in the alphabet as you can. Go. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. I got time left. Boo. I mean, no, we're good. Okay, guys, give, <laughs> boo. guys, give them a hand. Give them a hand. Y'all may step down. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you could go ahead and get ready with the PowerPoint, Brother Joseph. Shout out to the best sound and media team at Diverse City Church. They're awesome. All right, look, we're talking about games. We named games. We got Family Feud and Jeopardy. Everybody knows those games. They're famous television games. Got, uh, like, Let's Make a Deal. My kids watch American Ninja Warrior. They turn my living room into an obstacle course. Sometimes they make it. Sometimes they don't. And that's okay, because I'm a nurse, so I fix them. But the point is, is that we watch. We, as a society, have a lot of famous television shows that we watch. I, didn't, I only put four up. Guys, name some television shows. Price is Right, game shows. Yep. Price is Right, Wheel of Fortune. Whammy. Fair enough. I don't, you know, I don't, okay. All right. Yep. Who wants to be a millionaire? Thank you, Sister Gloria. Yep, The Wall, Livy watches that. I cannot wrap my mind around that. Deal or no deal? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, Miss Claire. Er. Name that tune, Jeopardy. And I believe I looked it up, Jeopardy is one of the longest running game shows in like American history. It's like something like 40 years or something, I don't know, like I looked it up, it was one of the top ones. Yeah? But, Am I, I going to talk to you this Sunday just about games? No. So, Virginia, Pastor Virginia, Jenny, G from the block, Jenya, whatever you want to call me, where am I going with this? I'm going to tell you in just one second. If you're able to stand up, we're going to read from Romans 12, 6 through 8. And it says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them accordingly. If someone has the gift of prophecy, let him speak a new message from God to his people in proportion to the faith possessed. If service in the act of serving or he who teaches in the act of teaching, verse 8, or he who encourages in generosity, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy in caring for others with cheerfulness. Y'all may be seated. Lord, help me as I... Give your people this word that you burst in me. 
that you spoke into my spirit, Lord God. I take nothing that you give me for granted, and I stand in obedience to your will and your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of the message is, Tag Me, Lord. Tag me in, Lord, when it is your turn to be it. Now, we're talking about games, right? How many remember being a kid and you're playing freeze tag or you're playing some chasing game and you're tagged and you're in? No? From the same generation of you got to be inside or at least your big toe has to be on the porch when the streetlights come on generation? I know you know some of the games. Thank you. I don't know your name, but you're new. I know your face is new. But thank you, sir, for agreeing and helping me preach my message. Because I come from the generation where we didn't have all of these luxurious video games and things. Nothing against the new generations that do. But you literally had to go outside and create games. You literally had my mom. If I told my mom I was bored, that means I'm cleaning something. She would be like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden I have to clean the floors or do the laundry or something. Quick story, I literally told Charlotte and Andy to go outside and play. And Charlotte said, and do what? I'm like, Lord, help me. I'm doing something wrong. She got to go outside and play. So tag me in, Lord. There are a lot of games where you reach for your partner and they tag you in. And now it's your turn to pull your weight to make the game successful. So when we're saying, tag me in, Lord, we're going to look at what that means and some examples of how to achieve it. Amen? All right. The next slide says, let me catch you up real quick. Okay, I love to tell stories. So this is me condensing the story of Esther. Okay? Everybody say Esther. All right, we're going to travel... We're going to travel to Persia. We're going to go to a time where King Xerxes and his queen, hang on, I wrote her name down, Vashti, were ruling. Queen, or King Xerxes had a huge party, a banquet, and it lasted for 180 days. Can you imagine partying for 180 days? For 180 days, his banquet rolled out. And then when his banquet was over, he had a it's over banquet, that was another seven or eight days, okay? And that, that banquet was just for his closest of closest circle. Now, his queen, Vashti, was said to be beautiful and very nice to look at. And some of his officers and some people that was in his circle said, hey, bring your, uh, bring your queen out. I want to get a look at her. I want to stare at her. So King Xerxes is like, great. He's kind of high on the spirits that come in the form of liquid. And he's, he's been drinking a lot. So he said, go tell my queen to come out. So he tells his eunuchs to go get his queen. Well, when they went to give her the order, she said, uh, no, I'm not coming there. Okay? couple things because she was beautiful. And the way that the scriptures word it, it's as though they just wanted her to come out in her crown. So she wasn't having it. So she told him no. Okay? This is all set up. You got to know this background to understand where we're going. So he was upset by that. And he looked foolish in front of his circle. So he went to his council. He said, what should I do? My queen basically told me no in front of everybody. So his council got together, and they, that's what he has to do when it comes to laws and regulations. He goes to his council. So his council said... Listen, Queen Vashti's got to go, because if she doesn't, then other noble women, they're going to want to defy their husbands like she did you. We got to make an example out of her. We can't have this. We have to be straightened to the point, and she got to go. So he got rid of Vashti. She is no longer a part of this equation. And because of that, he now has an opening for a queen. So they're like, again, his council, hey, we need you to um, find a queen, and we're going to help you find it. So we're going to go throughout all of this land, and we're going to find, we need to round up all the young, pure women, and we're going to have you pick out who you want. This is where we meet Esther. And now when I was reading from the Hebrew translation, it said Hadassah, and I'm like, who is Hadassah? Hadassah, a.k.a. Esther. Did y'all know her first name was Hadassah? This whole section, I did not know that. I was like, praise God, 
who is Hadassah? That's awesome. All right, I was like, okay. So, listen, so it's a process. This is what I learned. It's a process. They didn't just take her, okay? They didn't just take her. She found favor with one of the eunuchs who kind of put her in the front line, but it took 12 months. Ladies that wear makeup or have your beautification process, I just want to, I want to tell you that her beautification process took 12 months before she can even see the king to be chosen. It wasn't like going up to the counter at Urban Decay or going up to the, I don't know, Maybelline, whatever, putting some mascara on and you just take a real good shower. She had to soak in oils for six months and then she had to soak in another set of oils for the latter six months and go through the whole makeup process. And then, after all of that, then she was able to stand before the king. Now she stood before him, everything's cool, everything's great, he sees her, he likes her, he wants her, he got her, yes? Question? Don't ask no questions, please. Okay, cool. This is what has happened. And that's a lot of history. I encourage you to go back and read chapters one through three because that was a really condensed version. Okay? But you have to know your history to understand where the Lord is going to take you. So it was very important that I go over that so you understand the relevance of what happens later. Amen? All right. So King Xerxes now has Queen Esther. And when he decides that he's got Queen Esther, he says, I'm going to promote someone. Everybody say Haman. Haman. Haman is one of the people in his inner court. And when he got promoted, he was second only to King Xerxes. Okay? He feeling himself. Y'all know any people who get a promotion and they feel themselves? I'm just talking to myself. No. Haman was feeling himself. So much so that it became a custom when Haman would walk up towards you. You were supposed to bow before him. His arrogance went before him. Not God's glory, but his arrogance. And so when he would come into people's presence, they would tremble and fear and kneel. But there's this one guy. Everybody say Mordecai. Mordecai, who is Queen Esther's cousin. And he would be outside of that gate where the king's gate was. And whenever Mordecai would come by, he would not bow. He, would not, he could care less about who was walking by. He was not phased by it. And this is important because this is where we're getting ready to pick up. Because Mordecai is so full of himself and he sees that other people see Mordecai not obeying him that he's just like, I'm not going to kill him. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do genocide. I'm going to kill all his people to get back at him. That's like a whole new level of petty, right? He's like, I'm going to do all the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go to the king, and I'm going to make it seem like they're unruly, they're uncontrollable, and this is going to backfire on him. So I'm looking out for him, so he's going to let me do this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pay into it so I can make sure that all of these Jewish people are killed. And the king, just like, okay, yeah, here's, here's my signet ring. Make it happen. And this is where we pick up because Mordecai is horrified. He is afraid. He is angry. He has torn his clothes. He put ashes all over himself, and he can only go as far as the king's gate because you can't go into the king's uh, uh, quarter, the center, in, um, in Saxon ashes. Okay? In Esther chapter 4, 6, through seven, we pick up where Queen Esther has heard of the distress of her cousin, and she sends one of her eunuchs to go see what the deal is. Why is he upset? And it says, so Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. In verse 8, he says, he also gave a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which, he had, been, which had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain it to her. He told him to instruct her to go, to the, go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Now at this time, 
Queen Esther has only been a queen about four or five years. She doesn't normally go into the king's presence unless it is required, unless he calls for her. And she absolutely wants no part of what her cousin just asked of her. No part. You go into the king's presence without being summoned, it equals death. That is the only rule. If you go into his presence and he didn't call you, you will be executed. And Mordecai knows that, but he told his cousin, I need you to do this. You need to speak on behalf of your people. Tag, boom, you're in. And Queen Esther's like, oh, God, no. So she told her, uh, told the messenger, no, tell him I'm not doing it because everybody, I will die. I don't want any parts of it. And in Esther chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, he responded back to his cousin, and this is very important. He said, do not think because you are in the king's house, you are alone, or you alone will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relieve and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come into your royal position for such a time as this. First of all, basically he's saying, don't think you will escape this punishment because you wear a crown. Because the second your boo finds out that you are Jewish, it's going to go down for you too. Don't think that you're separated. Don't forget where you came from. He's pleading with her to let her know. But on the flip, God is God without you. So if you do not do this, we will be saved. It'll just be from someone else who's willing. But have you ever wondered, Queen Esther, why you were put in this role to begin with? Why were you selected? Could it be for a time such as this? In the first point, we all have a purpose, and we all can be used. God can and will use anyone. She had her appointment. She, had, she knew exactly what she was doing. She, she was there. She had the authority, but she did not want to do it. And I feel like sometimes we can get in that same vein. So-and-so, I need you to start a business. So-and-so, I need you to speak up on behalf of minorities. So-and-so, I need you to go ahead and be an advocate for, and you're like, Tsh. I said it before, you ever speak your mind on Facebook? My Lord. I'm just saying, for those of you who aren't on Facebook, what happens is if someone says something, maybe of a difference of opinion, or, you know, maybe, honestly, they're just speaking the truth and they're not afraid to say it, so they're just going to put it out there, it is almost insane the amount of backlash and the amount of courage people have texting and typing nasty things into people. And it's, it's, it's bananas. But do you, oh, well, thank, well praise God. Okay, they, they know. Listen, so why do I say this? Because we are getting ready to be tagged in. What is it God has been stirring in you? What is it God has put on your heart and you're worried about what people will think? Or you're worried about your past, right? Esther, she didn't have her parents. She kind of stumbled into, seemingly stumbled into this whole queen thing. Her cousin Mordecai raised her. What does she have to offer? Who is she, a woman? You saw what they did to Queen Vashti, right? Who is she, a woman, to go to the king and tell him to do anything? What is it God is stirring in you? What is it that you are waiting to be tagged in? In Jeremiah 29 11, he says he knows the plans that he has for you. So just so you know, when you're addressing the Lord of Lords and the God above anything and everything, when you're saying, Lord, tag me in, trust and believe that when you get tagged in, he already knows what he's doing. He already picked you with a purpose and his plan is already figured out. You're just tagging into it. And, then, and it, honestly, it needs to be a, I mean, sometimes I think we're like, oh God, oh God. And some of us are like, hey, hit it right there. I'm not asking which are you, but what I am saying is there is a difference in how some of us are doing this. And all I'm telling you is in realness, it is okay to take a second to say, Lord, I am terrified. 
Lord, I'm saying tag me in, but ooh, Lord, can you just please help me every step of the way because I am trembling right now. But you know what? <laughs> Come on. Hi, I just got a revelation real quick. The trembling is good. The being apprehensive, the being scared, it's good because you know why? Because then God can use you. Because then it's not Virginia that climbed her way to the top. And it's not Virginia who saved thousands or who did this or who did that. It is absolutely, unequivocally all God that worked through me to do that thing. I won't say much else about it except sometimes there are people that are so cocky they never get any further than the sound of their voice. And you just have to think about it because it is in their own doing, and we can only do so much in our humanness. But you know what, that's, that's a little something free for everybody. We're gonna, we're gonna keep moving. Say, tag me in, Lord. Say it one more time, tag me in, Lord. So Mordecai sent that message, Esther sent, that me- sent a message back to Mordecai in chapter four, 15 and 16. She said, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When it is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now, depending on how you read it, I read it like thug life. Like she was like, y'all fast for me. You petition the Lord. And I'm going to do the same thing with my crew in here. And I'm going to ride or die. Because you know what? God brought me in this world. God's going to be with me no matter what. If I go out, I go out. God's with me. I'm not worried about it. Okay? It's all about perspective. If you know the God that you serve, what can man do to you? People rude calling me during church. What can man, what can man do to you? Fast before you act. That's my next point. Oh, man, here we go talking about fasting. I know, listen, our church fast in January as a, a church, as a body, is like a reset for the year to seek God, to hear from him. And I have never, ever been failed by fasting during that time. If it's not me, I have seen people physically healed from our church. I have seen people be blessed with jobs they didn't even apply for. I have seen people have income increases, relationships healed, children return home. It's been so much to even name. I couldn't even share everyone's testimony if I tried. Why do we fast? Why did Queen Esther say fast and not only for her to do it, but to have him do it too? It's to prepare our minds for getting ready to get tagged in. It's, it's the fuel that we need. What the, in the physical, we fuel our body with food or various types of nourishment. But God doesn't necessarily always fit in that equation. So if you're getting ready to get tagged in and to go into battle, you just want the absolute purest fuel you can have. And there is nothing better than that of God. So when you, before you get there, you have to get connected and completely abandon everything else and just let them pour into you. You've got to let them pour into your spirit. Got to get your head right. Get your focus right. And then it's an act of obedience. Because he sees it. He feels it. And you know what? Everyone doesn't fast the same. Everyone's not called to fast the same. God will let you know what to do. Some do three days. Some do a couple hours. Some do a specific meal every day. Some people fast specific TV shows. Some people fast from certain kinds of music. The, uh, the importance of fasting is that you connect with your father. It is not caught up in the details, so you're doing everything just like everyone else because then it becomes about you and your flesh more than about connecting. Does that make sense? So they're fasting, and by her fasting, it builds up her courage. It builds up her courage. Hmm. She didn't have that courage until she fasted before the Lord for three days. And she felt that pouring in to her was the Holy Spirit and the boldness needed to go before the king and risk her life. I'll just fast forward real quick. Just so you know, she did go before the king and she did not die. 
He was pleased to see her. In their custom, he holds out a gold scepter, and that excuses her. No one is to lay a hand on her for coming in the king's presence without his permission. And he was like, what is it that you need? What is it that I can do for you? Give me your petition. Give me your request. And she does not say anything about being Jewish. She doesn't say, will you free my people from the slaughter? She doesn't say, uh, Haman uh, is is, is a dirtbag. He's doing this and this. She just says, I'm planning a banquet. Will you come and bring um, Haman with you? He said, okay. So they go and they party and everything's good. All she did was allow the Holy Spirit to work. It didn't require anything but her obedience. And even though Mordecai's yelling in her ear or yelled in her ear to do X, Y, and Z, she didn't do it. The power of fasting is that you hear from God louder than you hear of anything of the flesh and that you hear of anything from anyone else because Mordecai, what he wanted her to do wasn't in the right time and God was working this process. Say the process. The process. And all she had to do was be obedient. Keep talking to me, Lord. There is someone here who struggles with obedience. And it's not just struggling with obedience. You are torn because the world says to do one thing and God keeps telling you gently to do something else. And what God needs for his children to know is that his purpose on your life is not the call of the world. What he has for you, he legitimately has for you. So don't listen to the world who seems a lot louder and a lot meaner and a lot more in your face. Do not look to them for their approval or for their direction, but you stand on God's word and you believe in what he already told you. Would you believe in that that nudging, that pulling on your heart that says there has to be something more than this world offers it's because it does because he does and he's fighting for you and he's fighting on your behalf and all you have to do is be still long enough to hear from him thank you lord so listen on the way home um, from the banquet mordecai everybody say mordecai Mordecai's walking, and guess who he sees at the front gate? He, guess who he, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Haman, thank you. Haman's walking home, and guess who he saw at the front gate? Mordecai, thank you. Keep me honest, y'all. He saw Mordecai. Do you think Mordecai bowed to him? Nope. Did he pay him any attention or be afraid of him? Not today. Come on, Sean, help me preach this thing. And it bothered him. Now, admittingly, Haman had had a few drinks because he just left the banquet, and he was big mad, okay? He mad mad. He went home. He didn't do anything right then and there because that's okay. I got this genocide getting ready to go down. We getting ready to kill all his people. You know what? That's fine, blah, blah, blah. But the anger inside of him grew. And that's what happens when you hold on to anger, people. It's like cancer. It eats at you. All he did was eat, sleep, think Mordecai. Because he couldn't let it go. His ego wouldn't let it go. I tell you, I work with people where their ego fills in the room. I find it impossible to see how their actual body gets in the doorway at the same time as their ego. I'm just being honest. And I imagine that that's what he was like. And my next point, be careful who has your ears. Be careful who has your ear. What does that mean? It means be careful who's pouring into you, who you listen to. It makes a difference on the outcome for what you do. In Esther chapter 5, 14, it says his wife Zeresh and all the friends said to him, him as in speaking to Haman, because he's upset and he told them he's upset because Mordecai's still acting funny. And his wife said, have a pole set up reaching the height of 50 cubits, and that's about 75 feet, and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go with the king to the banquet, because they're having another banquet, and enjoy yourself. This suggestion delighted Haman, 
and he had the pole set up. In the Greek, anointos, say anointos, is a fool. Be careful who has your ear. Anointos is a fool. Proverbs is a, is a study that we did on the book of Proverbs that talked about the difference between a righteous man and a fool. Anointos, a fool is someone who allows someone with no godly conscience to pour into your spirit. A fool is someone who knows better but does the opposite. Okay? And a righteous person seeks wise counsel. So you may, it may not be you, I'm not asking anybody to raise hands, but we all know someone who only comes to you because they want to be validated. They only seek certain people out because it fuels their anger. It does not correct them. It does not point them in the right direction on what to do, but it pacifies them. And that's why they always go to the same person. Am I talking to anybody where it's like, listen, I tell a couple people, hey, I love you. I respect you. I care for you. But unless you want to hear the truth, then I'm not the one you want to come to. Because I love your soul. I love you as a person. God gives me conviction. If someone's sitting there, I promise you, if you're doing wrong, I'm not going to be like, you were so right. That's, I mean, they had it coming. You know what I'm saying? You put your hands on them. You, you two-piece them. It is what it is. I won't. I'm not. I'm going to tell you that you can use your words, woman of God. You could turn away. You could walk away from any situation. You don't have to act in gossip. You don't have to talk bad about anybody. You can hold on to your integrity. But what Haman did was he went home, got his anger fueled by his family, and then he's like, we're going to hang him. That's a good idea. That's what I'm going to do. And this leads him down a path that he cannot return from. Who has your ear, diverse city? Those who are watching online, who has your ear? And the reason why I ask you is because some of us feel like a hamster on that wheel, We've not made any progress. We're not made any breakthrough either in our finances or in our personal walk or, you know, maybe it's in your job. And we have to do a self-examination. It's not why does God hear everybody else but me, but it's where is your faith, woman of God? Where is your faith, man of God? And who are you allowing to pour into your spirit? That makes a difference. Who has your ear? Somebody look at your neighbor and say, tag me in. Look at your other neighbor and say, right now. Come on, Lord, I'm ready to get tagged in. Listen, in the next part of the chapter, the king is restless. The king is restless. And I want to point this out. This is so good. I hope I don't mess this up. But this is so good. You have to wrap your mind around this. The king is sleeping and he's restless. He cannot figure out why he can't sleep. So he gets up and he asks for some people to come over. And he asks that people read down a list of people who have done great things. And I say that he was restless because even though the scripture does not say flat out it was God, I believe that it is implied that the Holy Spirit began to work this thing. And he couldn't sleep because Mordecai's time was getting ready to come where he was no longer kept outside of the gate. He's, ready to, he's getting ready to get tagged in, y'all. He's getting ready to get tagged in. But it wasn't because Queen Esther said something. It wasn't because, there was nothing that any man can do. This is God being God. Does that make sense? It is God being God. Sometimes we think that the only way something will happen is if you say something. Look at you. Some of you, I, mean, I promise, you're sitting there, you'll be like this, so angry because you want to tell somebody something for real. You, you're shaking because, ooh, if she just look at me one more. And that's it, and you're getting ready to tell them. I, I'm telling you, I say this, if my sister's watching, I love her. My sister Sharita, she's my baby sister. We all, in, we all inherited things from my mom, and keeping quiet is not her thing. And I can see it on her face when she, her little bangs sometimes start shaking because she's upset and she's getting ready to tell somebody something. 
And I could see, she's like, the Holy Spirit's trying to work. The Holy Spirit, I'm, and I'm like, Sharita, calm it down right now. You think that God needs you to make this situation right? Because God can use people, but do you think that God is God all by himself is what I'm trying to ask. Because if you think that you have to be a part of the equation for the equation to be correct, you are going to be tired before you hit like 45, 50, 60 years old. You won't have nothing left in you because you are running solely on you. So the king's restless. I love you, Sharita. The king is restless. They start reading off names of people who have uh, done good things. And earlier on, Mordecai discovered that some of the guards at the front of the gate, because that's where he's been hanging out, they were planning on killing the king. And so Mordecai told the queen, his cousin, and she told the king. And that act was written down in the book. Why bring that up? Because he's restless. He can't sleep. They start reading through the names of the book, and then they stopped up. He said, stop. Did we ever reward Mordecai? And they said, no. He said, hmm, we need to do something for him. And just as he was trying to figure out what that was going to look like, Haman was walking in. And he said, hey, this is perfect timing. I'm getting ready to throw uh, like a banquet. I want to recognize, we need to honor someone. And again, Haman's so full of himself, he was like, it's my time to shine again. Who's he going to reward more? You know, that's greater than I. Let me do myself real good. Yo, King, you need to give him a robe. You need to let him ride your horse. Y'all know anybody like that? Give him the best of everything. King Xerxes like, you're right, you're right. And you know what? You're going to be the one to do it. You know Mordecai? <laughs> Haman's like, uh, yeah. Everything that you just said, make sure it happens to him. I'm going to sit still, but let me tell you how your God works. Mordecai did not lift one hand towards Haman. He did not say anything towards him. And yet God worked on his behalf to make it so that his enemy had to then present him with the royal treasures, with a horse that only the king rides, and celebrate him. The God that you serve will have your enemies celebrate you. And I'm sure that burned Haman up. The very man he despises the very person that is persecuting him and his people now has to humble himself and do everything that he wanted to have done to him. Now he has to do it to uh, Mordecai. Come on, somebody. There are lots of things that you will go through. There are a lot of things that seem unfair. You feel overlooked. When's it going to be my turn? When is my time? I know that you called me to do this. I know that you ordained this thing. All I want is a family, Lord. All I want is my children to be healthy. We could fill this room with the requests of God's people. We can fill this room and it would overflow out of the roof and onto the floor and down Itasca and towards Grand with our thoughts and our petitions and our wishes and our wants and our hopes and our dreams. While we are waiting for that breakthrough, God is making something or a situation or someone restless on your behalf. He is changing the atmosphere and the environment to show favor for you down the road so that the roadblocks that you thought were keeping you from getting to where you're supposed to be are going to be removed in the name of Jesus. You will be celebrated in a way you thought not possible or your children's children, generations down the line will be blessed for your act of obedience today. That is how that thing comes through. By being obedient, Mordecai never once, other than not bowing down, he never once did anything out of line. 
or he could have honestly been killed on the spot. He stayed in his place, and because of that, God elevated him. And he cannot say it was from anything or anyone else but other than God. It wasn't even from the influence of his cousin because the king did not yet know she was Jewish. She didn't, he did not yet know who Mordecai was to her. Tag me in, Lord. Somebody say, tag me in. All right, we're doing good on the time. In my, one of my final points, it says, keep your integrity. Keep your integrity. Contrary to many beliefs, you're worth more than your account, your card, your check, your disability. Whatever money you get or however it gets to you, you're worth more than that. You're worth more than what you own. Your integrity, your word, who you are as a person will always be remembered. It will always be what goes before you, and long after you're gone, it will always be what is remembered. How does your integrity stand in the face of your adversaries? Will they know you still as a person who worshiped the Lord, even when people are getting on your nerves? Let me tell you something. People at my job, they watch me. They watch me. They're waiting for the Christian to fail. They're waiting for the Christian to lash out. Say that cuss word, girl. I knew it was in there the whole time. Listen. They, 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 the world expects us to fail. But your integrity is almost like a smack in the face to them. Because you're not waiting to get the upper hand by an act of your own. But you trust that the God that you serve is going to make everything happen and fall into place at the right time. And so you just hold your head up high and you go about your day because you walk in the shadow of the king that controls everything. Let them be mad at that. Mordecai was blessed because his integrity was intact. Queen Esther found favor over hundreds and hundreds and thousands of women because her integrity was intact. Where is your integrity? Don't answer that out loud, but that's a self-check. Say, tag me in, Lord. The next few times I'm going to have you say, tag me in, Lord, in a few minutes, it's not because it's an audible. It's not because I've asked you to, but it is because you are then ready. This has been like a training session, and we are to the point where I only have a few more scriptures, and when you say, tag me in, Lord, it means you're ready. It's game day, baby. Andrew was talking, Pastor Drew, (laughs) was talking about football, and it will be on at our house. I'm not going to lie, as soon as I leave here, but... We're talking about sports, and those players are so amped. They're ready to get on the field. They've been waiting to get on the field. Can't nobody tell them nothing. They know they're going to win. They're going to dominate. Somebody's going to lose, and it's not them. They're like, Coach, put me in. I'm ready. When you say, tag me in, Lord, it is your time to come off the sideline and for God to dap you up so that you could go and do whatever it is he has put on your heart to do. I know some people so amped, so crazy, they start off running, they don't even know the play yet. Tag me, yeah! That's them. And they're ready to run because they amped for the Lord. They amped for the Lord. That's my little kids. They so amped. As soon as one of their songs come on, they start dancing. They just so turned up. We need that innocence. Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I don't have to know what the next step is. Lord, I love you so much, I'll just put my foot out. There's nothing under my foot, but I'm going to step out anyway because I know when it comes time for my foot to meet the road, the road will be there. Tag me in, Lord, I'm ready. Can we get someone that has that boldness and that zealousness? My word for this year is flight. We are no longer complacent people. We have plateaued as a church in a way. Not us, like literally the church. Where are my people that are like, tag me in, Lord, I'm ready. So filled with the Holy Spirit, so filled with the fire to see people's lives changed that you almost can't even contain it. If today was your last day on this planet, who did you tell about the Lord? Even if you don't have your life together, tag me in, Lord. 
Even if you still have struggles, tag me in, Lord. My marriage is not perfect. Tag me in, Lord. I suffer from depression and loneliness. Tag me in, Lord. I'm a single mother. I'm a pregnant mother. I'm alone. I live in a mansion. I'm homeless. Tag me in, Lord. When I say, after I read this scripture, stand up and say, tag me in, Lord. Please stand up with a boldness and an emptiness that allows you to go there. But when you ask and you say, tag me in, Lord, leave your hand out long enough for him to tag you in and know you will be tagged in. You will be equipped with what you need to run your race. You will know the plays for the game. All you have to do is be obedient and show up. He'll put your uniform on. He'll give you everything for anything for everyone. Amen? Listen, listen, listen. And my last point is called shoot your shot. I got that from Andrew. Sorry, y'all. Pastor Drew, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. That's when he thinks another guy is trying to talk to me. He'd be like, oh, he tried to shoot his shot at you, girl. And I was like, what? Shoot your shot? I know. I'd be like, shit. He'd be like, oh, he tried to shoot your shot at you. This is in reference to Esther. Okay, so she's had one banquet. She had Haman there and the king there. She entertained them, it all went well. And then she invited them back for a second banquet. And at the second banquet, she said, I will tell you what it is I need at the second banquet. So it's the night of the second banquet. And I say, shoot your shot. She has one opportunity to tell him everything that she needs to happen. She didn't tell him not one second before God allowed it. She didn't say I'm Jewish. She didn't say Mordecai is my cousin. She didn't say that all these decrees and edicts that are out there are going to kill my people. She said nothing because God's timing is everything. She said in verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 3, if I, if I have found favor with you, your majesty, as it pleases you, grant me my life with this petition. And spare me, spare my people in this request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. And if we were merely been sold as slaves, that would be different. It wouldn't even be worth your time. But we're going to be killed. The king has a choice to make. And I want to tell you about being honest with your king in the presence of your enemies. Her request was made in the face of the very man that ordered the edict, because Haman was right there. And she had him there for a reason, so that the king can look on the eyes of the man that threatened the very life of his queen. And had she revealed who she was beforehand, the entire outcome would have been different. Haman had no way. It's almost like he was like, oh, because his plan just fell apart. He didn't know that the people that he was killing was part was the queen. And now he's put a death threat out on his very queen. The king is hot. He's mad. He walks out. She had one chance to shoot her shot. If you so feel led to talk to someone, you feel that you are supposed to be doing something, it is okay to wait a minute. While God loves your eagerness, sometimes the atmosphere is not what he wants it to be yet. Sometimes the heart of those who need to receive it has not been changed by him enough yet. So while you're super zealous and you really want to say something, sometimes you have to sit on it until God releases you to do so. And sometimes it hurts because you, ooh, you know that so-and-so need to hear what God done told you about their dating habits. Sometimes that's flesh, but because it's on your lips or because someone that you respect says you need to say it, you got to think about it. Mordecai is almost like her dad. He said, listen, this is getting ready to go down. You need to tell the king right now. She respects him. She 
reverence him in the way a young child would their father. So you have someone that she looks up to a lot saying, do this, and she had to sit on it long enough to not even do what her father image told her to do. She had to wait for God to give the green light for the situation to even be good. She had one time to shoot her. You have one time to shoot your shot. And let's say you really feel eager to say something and you go and say it, but the atmosphere wasn't right. The heart wasn't ripe enough or ready. And they did not receive one single thing you said. Anybody ever try and testify to somebody? You saved full of the Holy Spirit. You ready to do fire and brimstone. You finna tell the world. Y'all need to change your ways, which is accurate. But you just went out and told everybody. And maybe some people that you came into contact with were not yours to shepherd. No? Shoot your shot. And it only happens through fasting, time with the Lord, and being obedient to know when to stand still and when to move. You all, we all have the opportunity to do so. And it absolutely happens when you stop and you listen to what our Father is telling you to do. Listen, in my last point real quick. My last point says, what the enemy means for evil, God will turn it all around. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it all around. Stephanie and Pastor Mike, Minister Angie, come on up, please. Deacon Elmer, whomever's coming up. Listen, listen, listen. It matters who has your ear, yes? It matters who has your ear. So, Haman planned to have Mordecai hung. The king has found out that his most inner, inner circle trusted advisor, Haman, has plotted to have his wife killed. What shall he do? One of Queen Esther's eunuchs said, you know what? I saw over at Haman's place that he had a whole setup ready to hang Mordecai. And uh, I feel like he should uh, be impaled on it or hung from it. The very trap that he was using to kill Mordecai became flipped and what is what was used to kill him. Let's make the connection. Come on, church, make the connection. The things that Satan would use to try and trip you up, the things that Satan would want you to get stuck on, the things that he feels, this will keep you from getting to where God has you. It is going to be flipped, and it's going to be stepping stones for you to walk on. It's going to be stepping stones for you to reach your goal. God will not allow any of that to come and bring you harm, but... For those that operate in that foolishness, for those that operate in that darkness, it will be exactly what God uses to trip them up and defeat them. Come on, somebody. When you know that the world has been against you, you know that you've had struggles. Family's been in the hospital. Far more bills than money. Relationships falling apart. And all you can do, sometimes you get so heavy, you can't even get the words out. You can kind of get a Jesus out, and then sometimes it's just, hmm. That's all you could get out. And then all of a sudden, that child comes home. The bills get paid, there is food on the table. You end up with another job. You cannot explain anything that has happened that gives you favor except for God, except for his mercy. Everything that you have, you know you do not deserve. You know people have plotted against you, and you know that the days of head look bleak, but God. Once the king's edict went out, you can't change it. So Queen Esther went to him again and said, hey, please save my people. They rewrote the edict to say that they can defend themselves. 
that Jewish people can rise up against whoever tries to hurt them, that they do not have to die, that it is well within their... The, the point that I'm making is, is that the favor started to multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply, and it is only because of the act of obedience from Queen Esther and from Mordecai. For Queen Esther to be willing to be chosen and to submit to the Lord, and for Mordecai to bite his tongue and to wait for the Lord to be an advocate on his behalf. And God used those two people to help save his people. What is it that you're waiting for the Lord to do? Stand to your feet if you're able. What is it that you need to hear from the Lord for? What is it where you're like, Lord, tag me in, please. It's 2020. This is the year of flight. I will no longer wait in the background. I'm going to come out of the darkness. Be like Esther and have the zeal and the patience of Mordecai, who was promoted, given Haman's place. Mordecai became second only to the king. Where weeks prior, he was in sackcloth and ashes, petitioning to the Lord in front of the gate. When God elevates us, there is no one that can take it from us. Y'all ready to be tagged in? Come on, are you ready to be tagged in? Can we be like that kid that's ready because you fast and you know you finna go get that slow kid? Can we be like the person that's like, Lord, I don't know how you want to use me. Hallelujah. But I'll, I'll get rid of myself so that you can fill me up, Lord. I'm going to step out in prophecy right now. I'm going to be a teacher like never before. Of my kids. I'm going to love my husband like no one else. I will make a difference in my community. What is it that you're asking to be tagged in for? The green light you're waiting for, the permission has been granted. Who is going to put their hand out and say, tag me in, Lord? I'm ready. Tag me in, Lord. I'm ready. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. When you are ready, y'all, put your hands out. He said, the, the spirit is heavy. There are some of you that are literally, you're looking for permission from the world. Listen, he is here and he's going to grant it. He's going to tag you in today and your life is going to be changed. Like never before, your life is going to be changed. You will be given permission to execute and do the things that he has called you to do. He is going to literally order your steps. I see nothing but feet being anointed by the presence of God, hands being anointed by the presence of God, that he's going to use you in a way that you didn't even think was possible. He just is waiting for you to be ready so that he can tag you in. Heavenly Father, forgive us of our sins. We got to be clean, y'all. We got to be clean before he even anoints us. Whatever it is that you need to ask God for forgiveness for, you don't have to say it out loud. You don't have, but right now you need to make peace with your father so that nothing skips over you. He wants your heart to be ready. He wants your heart to be hungry for him. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you would forgive us of our sins. As your people are giving out their sins before you, we are repenting. We have a repentant heart, Lord God, that we would empty ourselves so that you are able to fill us up. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we give it all away. We give it all to you, Father God. We're saying, tag us in, Lord. Put your hands out if they're not already. Tag us in, Lord. 
We are ready. We are a people who need you. We are a people who are ready. We are a people to lead the front line. We will show other communities how to worship you. We will show other people how to love in the face of hate. Use us, Lord God. We don't look for our own elevation, but that we serve you with a reckless abandonment that leads other people to you, dear God. Shake us up, Lord. Break us down. Break up whatever needs to be broken off of us right now in the name of Jesus. We walk in your shadows, dear God, not in the shadow of our past, dear God. Drug addicts will preach the word of God. People who are prostitutes will have women's ministries because our past does not matter in the name of Jesus. Tag us in, Lord. Make your way plain to us. Fill us with your presence, God. We are people that are hungry for you. It is not just in the pages of the Bible, but in the words of our heart, in the pages of our heart. Fill it with the script that we can go off of. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you for every person that said tag me in. Thank you for everyone that you're getting ready to pour and download into. For everyone that was already downloaded into, but they just got the confirmation that they needed. This is a day of change for St. Louis. This is a day of change for Diverse City. You have unloosed, unleashed your people. You have unleashed us and we are filled up with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that it would be a fire shut up in our bones, that we cannot contain it. Your workplace will change. Your home will change. Your school setting will change. Your mind will change. Everything will come under the authority of yours, God. In the name of Jesus, we believe for these things and we speak these things and we say, tag us in, Lord. We are ready. In Jesus' name, we believe for these things. Amen and amen. Just for.